the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, we're living in an era that's filled with fear. There's political fear. There's economic fear. There's geological fear. We talk about earthquakes and tsunamis. But God is in charge of history. Jesus was born, lived, died, and rose again, just as God said he would through his prophets. Everything happened just as God said it would. And everything is happening just as God said it would. And as long as we're with God, we don't need to fear our circumstances. Amen? Yeah, amen to that, huh? Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. This week, it's all about the resurrection of Jesus and all of his work on the cross. What an amazing week we have in store for you. Join us as we celebrate Easter together. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely with today's study, verse by verse. You know, Easter, Resurrection Sunday is associated with words like salvation, eternal life, resurrection, heaven, paradise. It's one of the highlights of the Christian's calendar through the year because of its significance and meaning. It's a time for celebrating because the one who said he would rise again on the third day rose again just as he said he would. You know, there have been people throughout history that have claimed that they would rise from the dead, and they didn't. And there have been people who never made any claim that they would rise from the dead, but they did. People like Lazarus, for instance, who was raised from the dead by Jesus. But only Jesus claimed that he would die and rise again on the third day, and it happened just as he said he would. Now, some people have tried to explain away the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Some people have suggested he wasn't really dead. He was was just in a coma. But if you think about the evidence, it's kind of difficult to believe he wasn't really dead. He was scourged with that whip that tore through skin and muscles and exposed bone and caused immense bleeding. He was hung on a cross where his arms were torn out of their sockets. He had a spear plunged through his side into his heart where blood and water flowed mingled down. And then three days later, he's walking around and talking with his friends. Now, a few years ago, I fell off a motorcycle in a San Francisco freeway at about 40 miles an hour. You know where I was on the third day? I was in a hospital bed being fed through a tube. And I didn't have a fraction of the damage that was done to Jesus. Jesus said he would die and rise again on the third day, and he, he did. And because Jesus can be trusted to keep so great a promise, he can be trusted with everything, including our lives and our eternal destinies. His resurrection proved that he was indeed who he claimed to be. And that's why Christians can celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and joyfully share that gospel with others. You know, we're living in an era that's filled with fear. There's political fear, there's economic fear, there's geological fear. We talk about earthquakes and tsunamis. But God is in charge of history. Jesus was born, lived, died, and rose again, just as God said he would through his prophets. Everything happened just as God said it would. 
And everything is happening just as God said it would. And as long as we're with God, we don't need to fear our circumstances. Amen? Now, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. As you're turning to Luke chapter 23, uh, let me tell you that gospel, the word gospel means good news. The good news of Jesus Christ is that because of Jesus Christ, we don't have to wonder whether or not we're saved or where we're going to spend eternity. One of the most familiar verses in the Bible is John 3:16. It reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You notice those words, God so loved the world. It doesn't say God so loved believers or God so loved good people. It says God so loved the world. And there will be people who think God can't possibly love me for who I am or what I've done. But the Bible says, God so loved the world. God so loved you. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, God loves you. Now, some have said, well, if God loves everybody, then everybody must be saved. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Notice it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So the Bible declares that only people who believe in Jesus Christ will have eternal life. The Bible tells us that it's our sin that separates us from God and that it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. And if we die in our sin, then we are eternally separated from God. But Jesus came to provide salvation so that our sin does not have to keep us eternally separated from God. Rather, we can look forward to an eternal life with God in a splendid place called heaven. Now, some people have been taught or learned to believe that salvation is through good works or church membership or baptism. But that's also not what the Bible teaches. The way to salvation is clearly illustrated for us in this story found in Luke chapter 23. Now, the Bible tells us that both criminals mocked Jesus, but something must have happened in the heart of one of those criminals that day. They experienced a massive change of heart towards Jesus. They changed from being a mocker into a believer. At verse 39, it says, One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, saying, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God, even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. And then he said, Jesus Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. This passage is filled with guidance uh, for us. Uh, Jesus promises paradise to someone we might consider a most unlikely candidate. So what did this criminal do that would prompt Jesus to make such a promise? Well, let's find out what he couldn't do. He couldn't do any good deeds. He was on a cross. He couldn't even give someone a cup of water in Jesus' name. And he couldn't join a church. In fact, there was no church to join until the day of Pentecost, and that was weeks in the future. And the scriptures don't mention him coming down from the cross and being baptized. And yet some people think that getting into paradise is, requires good deeds or church membership or baptism. But the criminal here was promised paradise without any of these. So what did this thief do to receive this promise of paradise? 
Well, let's look at what the thief said. Do you not fear God? You take God trivially. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Secondly, he says he acknowledged his sin. He said, we deserve to die for what we have done. And thirdly, he asked by faith, when you come into your kingdom, not if, when, when you come into your kingdom, please remember me. And to this, Jesus replied, today you will be with me in paradise. What did the thief do? He feared God. He confessed his sin, and he asked Jesus. Now, the Bible clearly teaches that because of God's grace, heaven is a free gift. It's not earned. Ephesians chapter 2 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Now, some people might ask, is there any connection then between salvation and good works? And the answer is in the, uh, the verses that follow. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. What does the Bible teach? The Bible teaches that good works do not produce salvation. But salvation should always produce good works. Salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It is a gift of God. Romans 6 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of eternal life is, is, of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, Christianity is unique among the belief systems of the world. All of the other belief systems depend on some activity on the part of the individual to acquire whatever that belief system would describe as their concept of salvation or heaven. Only in Christianity is salvation provided solely as a gift of God through Christ Jesus. And we can understand why it has to be a gift from God when we see what the Bible has to say about mankind and sin. You see, we as mankind have a tendency to compare ourselves with others, as though God grades somehow on a, on a curve. So we compare ourselves with someone like Adolf Hitler, and uh, we're, we don't look so bad. We're pretty confident. On the other hand, if we were to compare ourselves with Billy Graham or Mother Teresa, we probably wouldn't be quite so confident. So what is this passing grade required to get into heaven? Is it, you know, 51%, just a little better than worse? Is it 70% or 80% or, or 90%? Does God only accept A students into heaven or does he accept B students also? Well, we don't have to guess at what the mark is because Jesus told us. He said, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Perfect. You know, if you're honest about grading yourself, you fall short. I fall short. We all fall short. Even Mother Teresa and Billy Graham fall short. The Bible tells us only Jesus doesn't fall short. Romans 3 says, there's none righteous, not one, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says we've all sinned. We all sin in thought or word or deed. Which brings up the question then, what is a sin? 
Well, sin is any failure to conform to the moral law of God in act, attitude, or nature. It's not limited to actions only. It includes our thoughts and our heart. For instance, if we were to be reminded of the 10th commandment, it says, Thou shalt not covet. Now, a person can be convicted of stealing or killing based on physical evidence, but it's hard to convict someone of coveting because it's something that takes place in the heart and in the mind. The Bible tells us if something it happens in our heart or mind that is sinful, then we are guilty of sinning. Jesus said to even look on a woman with lust makes us guilty of sin. Well, it is important that we understand just how bad sin really is. You put Jesus on a cross to die. It's pretty bad. But you see, the gospel, it doesn't end there, as we'll go on to see the rest of this week and celebrate this coming Lord's Day. It's all about Resurrection Sunday and an empty tomb. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, our week-long celebration of Easter. We invite you to come back tomorrow. If you have questions about today's program or your walk or relationship with Christ, visit highlands.us and find out more. Until tomorrow, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.